Welcome to Shows What You Know, your television podcast, all of the best discussions and all the deep insight into all of your favorite shows. I am Jim Scampoli. I am Jacob Burrows, and as Jim said, we love to break it down. We break down the shows like we break down each other's psyche. We break down <laughs> everything in our lives, breaks down sooner or later, as Game of Thrones shows us. Jim, can you believe we started a television podcast with the worst timing ever? We had to wait so long to get to talk about Game of Thrones. I mean, we could have done one of those bullshit ones where we're like, which is the best Game of Thrones or whatever. But we wanted to talk about new Game of Thrones and we had to wait so fucking long. But now we're here and we're talking about season seven, episodes one and two. Yes, we definitely did it backwards. We we started just over a year ago. Very excited for the new Game of Thrones. <laughs> I guess we got a lot of practice in. So mm-hmm. here we are finally with oh, yeah. new Game of Thrones. Jacob, well, I mean, I, actually, since we're doing episodes one and two, are we going to even bother with non-spoiler stuff? We're just assuming spoilers from here on. Yes, spoilers for episodes one and two, which are the only ones that are out currently of season seven. Uh, I will also be talking a tiny bit about some book stuff, but as you know, as everyone knows, the books don't matter anymore. We're beyond the books, so it's fine. So what say you on new Game of Thrones? Oh, I say... uh, (laughs) Did you see... You saw my video, right? I was excited. (laughs) Uh, It's exciting times. Whenever a new Game of Thrones comes out, it's a cultural phenomenon. And uh, it's a good time all around. Um, There's some... There's... there's, Sometimes it's hard, especially when it's been so long uh, to get back into the spirit of things. And I don't know if it's hard for me or if it's hard for the screenwriters or who it's the hardest for. Uh, But basically, I've enjoyed this uh, episode two less than episode one, but I'm giving a lot of benefit of doubt at the moment uh, because that's like it's Game of Thrones and not to sound like a broken record, but they they always do something spectacular. I, I know you have a bit of a more of a critical feeling right now. You're starting to get a bit disillusioned, maybe. Yes, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's my fault. It's my own fault. Uh, it's it, anything I say critical here. It's my own fault. Uh, I, I I did go to I turned to my Twitter this week and I did say Game of Thrones kind of sucks now. And mm. but the the key word there is kinda, kinda people. I'm saying kinda now. D- now I, my part in this blame is like you said, it's a cultural phenomenon. So I think I just bought into the hype a little bit too much and it's more so this second episode i didn't really like it either uh and and it's it stems back to last season's finale which i didn't really dig um so it's kind of like i didn't really love last season's finale and then the first step the premiere was fine it was you know nothing earth shattering nothing bad and then the second episode was kind of more whatever so i just kind of proclaimed I'm done with this Game of Thrones. No, I mean I'm I'm being I'm being facetious, but it just kind of built up where I was like, ah, shit, it's not really a show I'm looking forward to as much anymore, which stinks. And I know that's dumb to say, and I know 
I'm coming a bit out of left field. I should be giving them more of the benefit of the doubt. This is a great show. I'm not saying it isn't. It's just so far it's been a little dull, and I feel like even not as a book reader, I'm not a book reader. I don't know the like the specifics of what they changed and all that, but I can feel that they don't have the books to lean on. Mm-hmm. It and it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to have the same weight so far, especially and we'll get more into specifics as things are starting to come together that we've been waiting for for so long. It doesn't feel like it's it's having the weight that it should have. Yeah. Now, given we're only two episodes into the season, so this is it's ridiculous to be worried. But you know, hey, what what are we gonna do? We, we talk about TV shows. All I can do is tell you what I'm feeling. Well, uh, yes, that's true. I I I want to with the caveat that it always happens in episode two of Game of Thrones. For almost every season, I'm like, ooh, guess we're. Moving a lot of people around very slowly. That's what's going on here. That's what the plot is. And and it always manages to bring it together more or less successfully. With that caveat and saying that I actually do, and I'm sure you do too, very much look forward to it. It's easy when you do criticism that you're only talking about the negative stuff. And there's still a, a huge amount of positive stuff. But with that said, I do feel where you're coming from uh, because... As a uh, you know, I read the books, uh, and one of the one of the things is uh, the books kind of needed to be edited more than they were, in my estimation. At a certain point, uh, mm-hmm. whenever an author is super successful, it feels like the editors like their their job is to sell books, basically. So I don't really blame them if if they can sell the book without editing it. You know, I, I mean, they do edit it, but it's also like we have to respect the work of this genius and not touch a single word where maybe that would have been good. So in the earlier seasons, the writers kind of had the job of being the editors. They got to be the ones who took this enormous piece of work and boiled it down. And like they could pick the best bits and put in their scripts. Uh, and I mean, now instead, they're working off some sort of outline, obviously, that and like some bullet points from George R. R. Martin. And that's not going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and have they said... Have, are they kind of doing their own thing in some respects as well? Like, haven't they said that the ending is not necessarily how the books will end? Or or did I imagine that? Uh, I feel that's been said, but who knows how... I mean, who knows how much that is going to be true because uh, you would just say that to make people like interested in oh, yeah, the books. Oh, yeah, to not and, and, all of a yeah. sudden be like, uh, I don't want, who cares about the books now? <laughs> uh, but uh, on the other hand, there are so many things that are already different, even before they started, you know, diverging from from the uh, from the books that just condensing characters and conden- mainly about condensing stuff, but also turning it into television. That's what they've been really, really good at and why it's so successful. They're, they were really great at turning those books into television and I, I feel for them, I really do, because they did not sign up to just write this shit from nothing. They signed up to adapt it, and George R. R. Martin's like, yes, you know, this will be out next year. And they're like, perfect. And then next year, <laughs> they're, they're back, and he's like, uh, you know, uh, maybe not this time. And they're like, oh, you're hilarious, <laughs> but surely by next year. And he's like, mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> so they never got another book. Uh, so what are they going to do? I mean, they they didn't really sign up to do exactly what they're doing. They wanted to do an adaptation. And I mean, it is kind of an adaptation, but 
in a sense, it is fan fiction now. Like it's yeah. really good fan fiction, but I mean, it's that's literally what it is. They were fans of the story. They wanted to do it as a TV show. They didn't. I don't think they didn't want to like make up the ending of the this story that people have had in their minds and hearts for literally decades. I think literally decades. When did the first one come out? Yeah, literally decades. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of rough, and that's why it's starting to feel more like TV and less like what it was before. I mean, it's HBO, it's not TV, but um, it's still, it's feeling more like TV. What do you think? Well, how many books are left? Is there one or two books left to come out? You know, I used to know this very well, but at a certain point I stopped waiting. Uh, So uh, I think it was supposed to be one, but at some point I believe it got split. Um, So yeah, it's several at this point. So, yeah, a bit of ways away in the books. Um, Well, yeah, it's just, uh, it's hard to say. Because, I mean, the first episode, I I didn't take a lot of notes on the first episode. And I don't even really remember a lot. Because it did feel like it was doing what a first episode should do. It was kind of um, uh, reintroducing everything, getting you back in the, uh, the groove or what have you. Uh, I mean, the things that stood out, though, that I remember were like, of course, the Ed Sheeran thing, which I know, like, the Internet's gone a little bit overboard with that. And it wasn't so much. I mean, even though, like, I've said this online, but I didn't I don't really know who Ed Sheeran is. But when he popped up, I was like, wait, that's a guy, isn't it? Yeah. So it definitely took me out of it. And it, it and it was it just feels like it's not a terrible thing to do, but it just didn't feel like a Game of Thrones thing to do, you know? Uh, and so I was like, wait, that's a guy, right? And I had to look it up real quick. I'm like, oh, that's who that is. But even besides that, just the fact that all those soldiers are being so nice, mm-hmm. it really didn't make any sense to me because, <laughs> you know, that's when was the last time you saw that in Game of Thrones where someone's like, here, have some food, unless they were about to be murdered. Yeah, but then yeah. they weren't mur- murdered unless they were murdered off screen. Were they murdered off screen? I don't think they were murdered off screen, and I agree. I mean, they've never gone out of their way like that to make someone, some people really likable. And I mean, I guess in a way that makes sense, but not if you also have like a, a huge pop singer in there. Uh, I think someone wrote, Jake Sprague wrote, it would be like having Katy Perry as like a barmaid or something. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, just off. Yeah. For me, I recognized him immediately. And then the whole scene was just bizarre. And I was waiting for where, what was the point? Where was it going to go? What was going on? I guess it was just there to sing. And they've had tiny cameos. Uh, <laughs> they've had tiny cameos like that before, but... Uh, they always hit it, you know. They had like Coldplay's drummer or whatever at the Red Wedding mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But now he was really front and center. And I mean, I I already said my two cents about it. Ed Targaryen, more like, you know. <laughs> uh, that's my theory. Um, it it was really it, it was weird. I also expected them to like die, but then they didn't. It would have been more true to form if Ed Sheeran had tried to rape Arya or something like that. <laughs> but that that would I would have. I mean, not to say that this show needs more of that, but I would have kind of loved that just for loving how up for anything he must have been to agree to a scene <laughs> Such, like that. He just wanted to be on Game the, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't well, matter who he was. 
it, I mean, the story I heard is from the showrunners and giving me, again, the impression that they're not really, like, living the dream right now, even though the, I think they're feeling the pressure more than they're living the dream when they said that uh, for years, they ever since they heard that the Maisie Williams was a fan of Ed Sheeran, they, they try to figure out a way to get him in there. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the reason, as far as I could tell. Which is not something and, you want someone like constructing one of the most well watched stories of the yeah in the world to be saying. Uh, I think and and yeah, just how ha- like I, I know this has been talked to death, so we're not really adding anything new. But I mean, yeah, just have him and he's a soldier in the background or something. Like they specifically have him singing, <laughs> like when he first shows up. So I don't know. It definitely was it was a weird choice, and especially. And maybe it's just because the show's kind of a victim of its own success. Uh, like I was saying, like I buy into the hype a bit, and you think Game of Thrones, you think like this is peak, mm-hmm. like great TV. So when they do like corny stuff, you're kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. It's like when someone buys a Mac, their first MacBook, and they get worried because it freezes for a second. You're like, wait, this is a Mac, <laughs> <laughs> and you forget that it's just a computer. Like, yeah, it's uh-huh. not supposed to. It's supposed to just do everything, no matter what. I mean, that's a uh, good, a good likeness, but I, I just want to say, Breaking Bad would never do that. Uh, yes, no, I agree. There's a lot of shows that would never do that, but and they're kind of doing it just because. Um, mm. But as you said, it has been talked to death. And the only other thing, and I know I'm being kind of unfair here, but um, they had the ending of the first episode when they have Daenerys like this, you know, prolonged scene of her walking around. And I mean, I get what they're going for, uh, but I just feel like I've seen Daenerys have these scenes all the time. Like, th- th- we've had the scenes where it ends and it's like, she has an army, or she has a dragon, or she's in the fire. Like, and to me, it just it felt like they were, I don't know, it felt like a parody of those because it mm-hmm. took so long. And then it's like, you know, she just says the one words. And I get for most people, it's badass. It's cool. Like, she's there. But for whatever reason, it just didn't hit for me because I just like, all right, we get it. I've seen these scenes of her so long. Like, let's let's ever fucking finally do something already. Mm-hmm. And enough of these, like, scenes of, can you believe it? Yeah, I can fucking believe it now. I'm already on her side. I know she's going to come and kick some ass. Let's get, let's go. Yeah, I, I could also, uh, I could believe it. I, I mean, I wonder why they chose to do it that way instead of having there be, you know some sort of guards there she could come in like with a dragon kill everyone and take over and like i'm in westeros now and then like shall we begin i mean or or even like and this is probably even cornier but uh, even just have that at the beginning or something like i don't know it just uh, it just felt very like redundant to me um and yeah i'm just ready to see her like kick some ass but and, and i guess going back to the beginning of this episode it's another thing that everyone could be like, oh, it's so badass. But it's like, you know, were we supposed to, we obviously weren't supposed to be tricked that, you know, we saw that man die. So we know it's Arya and oh, yeah. she's killing people again. Like, I don't know. I I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm being extra nitpicky. And I, I, I've, like I said at the start of this episode, it's kind of my own fault. But it's just these things, they're feeling like redundant to me. And I want like new things like mm-hmm. the fact that going a little bit in the second episode like the scene with Arya when she has this like far off stare when she's talking to um hot pie yeah hot pie but then when he mentions the stuff about winterfell and then she changes i thought that was great 
and it's exciting that mm-hmm. she's going to go to Winterfell. So something like that is cool. Uh, it's just, I guess, those two scenes in particular that we're talking about from the first one, I guess I got more of the sense that I was supposed to be like, this is cool. And it just didn't hit the this is cool for me. Uh, I think I felt the same way that it wasn't super cool for me, but I still didn't mind those scenes, really. Uh, what I did get from it, especially the first scene where Arya's feeding, you know, the phrase to other phrase, and then they all die, or whatever happens. Does Oh, no, maybe she didn't feed them. I just assumed she fed them to them, or whatever. Yeah, she did it in the other episodes, I guess you could assume. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's what feels like fan fiction as well even if that might be in the books in some incarnation moving forward that's i I believe i've like read that fan fiction where that happens and (laughs) the reason it feels different is that it in the books and previously in the show a lot of things feel like they carry a lot of weight and then things come out of left field and they surprise you uh so I don't know. Previously, it felt kind of like, if we want to talk about the dialogue for a minute, it feels like before it was almost like a stage play. They had a lot of long scenes after another, and they had a lot of real material, like, finely crafted from the books that they could just lift over and, like, refine and make work in a different format, and they don't have that anymore uh, so the dialogue kind of feels more like, okay, we need this to happen in this scene. We need to inform the viewers of this, and we need to make this character like state what he wants uh, so we know what he's going to be doing after this scene the next time we see him in two episodes. Yeah, that, that, kind of, that stuff kind of stood out to me in the second episode. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if maybe it's because these things have been teased for so long and now they're kind of coming to fruition. Like, like I... You know, I'm I'm not above thinking that I'm the dude that's disappointed with the Breaking Bad finale because it's it didn't throw a weird curveball at you, mm-hmm. and it just made sense. Because there are people like that that are like, oh, even the Breaking Bad finale is great. Yes. They're like, oh, that's it, like because they're waiting for some big twist. So maybe like since these things have been teased for so long, and now they're starting to come to fruition, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's as epic for me, like. The fact that Jon Snow is going to go meet Daenerys just because it's like, hey, come meet. And he's like, all right. Like, uh, (laughs) I know it's obviously a little bit more than that, but it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like it should be this crazy thing, but it's, I don't know. I'm I'm being unfair. I know I'm being unfair, but I feel like that should be bigger. Or even when they're telling Daenerys about Jon Snow, and he's like, Jon Snow sounds like a cool guy or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that's it, yes. <laughs> well, she says, sounds like quite a man. And I was just kind of like, ugh. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, uh, I, cause there's that whole scene where, uh, was it M- M- Melisandre is talking yeah. to Daenerys? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, why do you think Jon Snow's important? And I get there are reasons why she wouldn't be like, because he came back from the fucking dead. <laughs> but it still would be like, because he came back from the dead. You know, you're a woman that can't be burnt that has dragons. It's not so crazy. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, she didn't bring that up, did she? No. Well, is that because uh, she might be burned at the stake for, you know, necromancy? Or, like, what's the, what's the reason for that? Because that's kind of solid. Uh, I, I, guess it's, it's, I guess it's because she's a mysterious witch. So, you know, the, the reasons would be she's mysterious. That's the only thing I could really think, like how she keeps it secret that she's a weird old hag or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
But that it even felt a little clunky too when they're like the prophecy and they're like, well, actually the word could mean princess. And I get what they're doing there, but it would almost be better if Daenerys was like, well, hey, I'm not a prince, but hey, the, the, who's to say it's not a princess or something, you know? Just something a little, I don't know, it's something a little more elegant than just, well, actually, and it's even just the the other girl says it. It's not even Melisandre that says it. It yeah. just he's like, well, actually, the translation, and then stupid uh, Tyrion's like, doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? Uh, uh, it it felt his so. His one liners have really gone downhill uh, <laughs> over the past couple of seasons uh, since yeah. they stopped having a lot of good. <laughs> I don't know. Got a lot of a lot of good source material to go off, in my opinion, because it's been a lot of one note stuff from Tyrion. Even though I love Tyrion still. Now it's yeah, it's weird because I love Tyrion too, but he's been such a sideline character now. Like all he has to do is just stand in the background and yeah, say something every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just it felt so clunky and winky to me. It just didn't flow as well as I'm used to Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and, he, and, and even uh, sorry to cut you off. Just one more thing on that. And even instead of her saying, like, he came back from the dead, it's like Tyrion has to interrupt and be like, there was a time when I once walked with that man to the wall, and he's a good man, I would say, and uh-huh. I am a good... And it just felt so... Like, it, it's, it's exciting because, yeah, he's talking about stuff from the first episode. This is cool. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't... It felt clumsy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's because not only the hype of having a year to wait for this, but actually kind of having like six, seven years actually mm. since that happened. And now it's like the fucking Starks are going to meet. Arya's coming north. Bran's coming south. What the fuck? Like there, are, If they all meet and it doesn't feel like it's important, was it ever really important? <laughs> oh what did I God. waste my life yet? Have I wasted <laughs> the past decade of my life? <laughs> exactly uh well about that translation why didn't she just i mean that that prince who was promised have you ever like outside of i don't know you do some digging online sometimes but did you ever hear about a prince who was promised while like watching the show no i actually didn't remember that if there was a prophecy or anything i was like there's a prophecy No. no exactly because that's something that totally permeates the books it's very like central it comes up all over the place but in the show they kind of said fuck it so that's why i feel daenerys should have said well you know i'm here to break the wheel and the chains and whatever i don't care about prophecies yes like, yeah i'm changing things i i don't care about the past or what the past thought about the future i'm the future now something like that um could've yeah, worked. that total that would have felt it, it's just something that would have felt more powerful. It just felt like a weird goof and kind of like I don't know. Like I know they they've gotten shit on in the past like with you know rape storylines, misogyny, whatever. So I don't know. It felt like a weird winky thing to that to be like, "See? See what we're doing?" when it would have just been better, yeah, if if she just took more control of that and been like, you know, yeah, who's a slave to prophecy and I'm I'm kick-ass. Look at all look at all this kick-ass stuff I've been doing. I ain't stopping. Yeah. yeah. She should have said, you know what happened to the last people telling prophecies about me? You know, those yeah. warlocks and shit that I burned? Mm. Uh, exactly. Could have said that shit. And uh, it's almost like they were, I mean, it's not, it wasn't too bad, but it feels almost like they could have, could have, might as well have said, like, we almost need a new 
uh, like noun to for a genderless noun to make yeah. it clear in today's society that it doesn't matter if you're chained by <laughs> gender or other social constructs, constructs, or even not having a penis, perhaps something yeah. like that. Exactly. Uh, do you want to go through like kind of scene by scene? We've already done a few of them, but I do have like a list of scenes here that we could just traipse through. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, if you had a few other things to call out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have we started with Arya po- poisoning the phrase, and we already talked about that. Uh, as I mentioned, Bran comes south of the Wall, which is also like he's been on this road trip, a Daenerys-like road trip for so many years, and now he's finally coming south. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I don't feel it yet. Maybe next episode. I, I, that's, this is the thing. I do still have a lot of trust in them because they do get a lot of things uh, to hit, and they, their production is sometimes they they try to uh, you know trick us with having really great production and then not have things quite make sense. But <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm I am excited about that. Just a tiny. I'm bit excited, worried. but it mm-hmm. also it's like well. You're going to have to probably trade that up for a Jon Snow meeting with Daenerys because he's probably going to be gone by the time yeah. he gets there. You can meet Arya, maybe. Uh, yeah. You bet- yeah if- well, at the very least, you better see her on the way. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Well, are they going f- to fly on crows or whatever? <laughs> Speaking of Sansa, like, what's going on with Jon and Sansa right now? Like, wh- why? S- Sansa, it feels like she serves the plot more than her own character a lot of the time because she's supposed to have gotten all this training in how to be covert and clever and, like, how to get her way. That's at least how I've read, you know, the previous seven years, that she's now supposed to be very skilled in manipulation and some things like that. And instead, she just, you know... S- John, who she supposedly cares for and wants to be a good king, she's openly opposing him yeah. at every possible turn, which is the worst thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's very strange. Like, I don't know if they're trying to show us that Jon Snow's bad because he's not consulting with her, and so she has no choice, but it's it's really coming off as she's undermining him in front of everyone, kind of for no reason. Uh... Like, it's not that her points are bad, but it really, it's, as, from the audience point of view, it just seems like, yeah, she's trying to make him look bad so she can take control. Because yeah. so it's Game of Thrones, so you're used, so used to any, like, underhanded thing to be a sinister thing. Yeah. And I don't know if that's quite coming off the way they wanted to. I, I thought it the same thing. It's, like, bizarre, or it's just, it's just an easy way for them to kind of milk some drama on the show. I guess it's their way because uh, they it could also be you know showing that things are done differently in the north. They never had a king in the north. Um, well, it's been a while, so mm. you know everyone should be allowed to voice their opinion. And it is more about you know what the people think than down south, where it's like it's off with their head if they disagree. So a king needs to defend their decisions. It could be something like that. But with that said, from Sansa's point of view, uh, it doesn't quite add up for me how uh, how harsh she's being and like almost. I, I mean, to be fair, John is doing some some questionable stuff, right? He's doing some sure. questionable stuff here. Uh, but, you know, question it behind the scenes. Uh, you don't need to go that far. I mean, do what Littlefinger's doing. Nothing. And then tell him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, pour some poison in his ear later. And, uh, yeah, I no, I completely agree with all that. And, and you, I know this sorry is... Sorry to cut you off, but can you imagine if Littlefinger was, like, standing up and saying <laughs> the stuff Sansa was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy. That's not uh, how you do it. Uh, this is somewhat on topic, but uh, and I know I'm, I'm in the minority here. 
but that little girl is so annoying to me too mm. um well, like i thought the, she was definitely on the wrong side of history Jim. yeah i well i mean but the thing is i thought she was cool in that scene she had last season or whatever and now it's like i feel like they, they're like always going for that whenever she's on and it's kind of like all right well hey you're gonna talk all this shit once the battle goes down, I better see her on the fucking battlefield getting destroyed, by the way. But I better see her there fighting, you know? If we're going to hear all this talk all the time, I better see her there side by side. You know, when Jon Snow's like running out by himself like in the Battle of the Bastards or whatever. <laughs> she better I be there. <laughs> like a fucking hobbit. Uh, like Tyrion Lannister on the other side. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, it, 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 I don't. I, I also thought she, she does a fairly good job of it, but but just to have all the lords like that that little girl so fucking cool like <laughs> they also think she's cool it's not enough that we the viewers think she is but like everyone's like that mormont girl makes good points like <laughs> yeah. But, yeah and the thing is like i i get what they're i mean it's 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 an interesting character and i mean they've shown in this world that there are children leaders it's just they've always been the worst so yeah. now they need to make one the best but I don't know. Maybe it's just because there are so many memes that made me annoyed by her, but uh, it just felt like they keep putting her in scenes, because he's in the second episode, too, and she's like, Jon Snow, you're the king of the North. You belong in the North. I'm like, shut up. You don't know more than Jon Snow. Get out of here. True. And it was like, and, and, and all this talk, though, I'm just saying, well, you better, you better pay off. There better be some payoff here. I want you on the battlefield. I want you riding in on your horse, trying to fight some fucking White Walkers or whatever. Yeah. So... I mean, this is also not probably not going to be super important, but I wonder what do you think about John's decision about letting those kids take over from the families who were traitors? Do you agree with John or with Sansa? What's the good uh, move here? It's it, it, it's it always one. feels it always feels like Jon Snow makes the wrong choices when it mm -hmm. comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, it's always the things that can start to just plant the small seed of resentment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it, but it's like Jon Snow is doing the right thing, but it's the old like, uh, you know, that when you're doing the right thing, but but it's gonna come back at you in a in a in the wrong way. But I feel I don't he know. should have learned that by now after yeah. dying, uh, after literally dying for doing like going the right path. He should have realized that because it feels like I mean his argument is we need to unite the North and forget the old stuff. But it's like how many are left of those families anyway? I mean I'm not saying we have to kill them all, but maybe you know put some other people well, in those castles. I guess the question is what would Ned Stark do? That's and then we Ned do the opposite or. I don't know. I think maybe Ned would do what John's doing. Oh yeah, but yeah, well, you know, he got his died, head cut off. So, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe John's maybe John Snow's just like, hey, well, death ain't a thing. I'll just come right back again. <laughs> That's what, true. What do I care? Where's my red witch hat? Send her back, please. I may uh, need her immediately. But yeah, I mean, it's very reminiscent of like the wildlings, and I guess that did, have, even though it got him killed, it worked out. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably side with Sansa here, but I get, I'm like, hey, I see you, Jon Snow. I see you, bro. I like what you're doing. I like that you don't give up and you, you have this faith. Well, I hope it works out for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, presumably all the Northern Lords will be dead within the end, before the end of the season anyway. So uh, he's probably <laughs> fine with it and he's probably going to be all right. So uh, what else is going on? We got, do have the s scene at the Citadel with Samwell stealing books. 
a lot of S's. Uh, and and this is where I also, shit. yeah, that's where I feel like the positive side of it feeling more like TV and them doing their own thing. Because I, I don't think they ever would have had like a weird remix of Chamber Pots like that in season one. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of doing at this point they've you know they've grown grown comfortable and they let i think they let the directors maybe do a bit more probably with with that like the whole remix thing that was such a weird thing to see in game of thrones but i didn't dislike it yeah no i didn't dislike it either Mm. i I'm, i'm i'm a little like like I get what the I get what they're using the Citadel for, and it seems like it's going to be able to give us a lot of information and stuff like that. But uh, it is kind of kind of a drag sometimes when we're with Sam, even though I like the character. Yeah. Uh, and the little hint that maybe he writes what what is it actually called a Song of Ice and Fire or whatever? Oh yeah, well I didn't even understand that because in the, in this yeah in the second episode, as you said, the the Maester. Who's uh, that actor is really great, by the way. Oh, plays, dude, like, yeah. Uh, was that, is that Archie Jim Broadbent? Master. Yes, it is. And oh, he's I so great. <laughs> A great big bushy beard. <laughs> exactly. That's hot fuzz. Everyone knows that. Yes. Everyone knows his line in that. I assume I'm so. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like. You know, I'm thinking of calling it the a treatise on the affairs of the war after the death of King Robert. And he's like, it needs a pithier title. And I'm like, the War of the Five Kings? That's how smart I am. I was like, yeah. <laughs> The Five Kings War, of course. But yeah, as that did seem more like maybe a hint towards like Game of Thrones or even if they don't say it, like yeah, Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire. Well, here's the thing. And that's not a, I mean, it's not a terrible idea, not a terrible, even if it's just a small, even if that's the end of the gag and it's the weird little like, haha, what if Sam's the writer? Yeah. What if Sam's George R.R. R. Martin? <laughs> they look similar. And then I'm, there's that potential where it could be at the end you're gonna see Sam with white hair like writing the book and it's like in a weird way that's not terrible because I mean I I love Gilmore Girls and Gilmore Girls kind of does that with spoilers for Netflix Gilmore Girls by the way but uh in a like I was saying before like Game of Thrones I feel like is this like head and shoulders above the rest Mm -hmm. so if they're just gonna it just sounds dumb if (laughs) if all of a sudden it's just Sam writing, ooh, Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones, and all that comes along with that. Well, I don't know. Well, it's it's a nitpicky thing. Yeah. Oh, go yeah, ahead. it's literally Tolkien, and that's what Game of yes. Thrones isn't, and that's why it was, you know, or is exciting, because it's it's not doing the same old stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, as a gag, it's fine, but as you said, we don't really... Need, I, I'm sure they could think of a better ending scene or I hope so, than having Sam, like, all beardy and, be- yeah, like, old maester yeah. with all the chains, and he's like, eh. <laughs> I think they can do better. Uh, yeah, it's a nitpicky thing, I know, but it's, you know, what, what am I going to do? This is all I have. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, then we have the scene with Arya and the Lannister soldiers. Uh, it made no sense. Uh, and then we have the the Hound again. Now, I don't know how you feel about the Hound, but, I mean, everyone likes the Hound, but it's almost one of those situations where I feel like they, they, they like the Hound too much, the writers, or they think that all of his charm is in him saying cunt all the time, but, like, I almost, I miss his ruthlessness, I, because it feels like he's, as soon as he's given the opportunity, he shows his sensitive side, and he's crying on the inside, and halfway on the outside, I feel. Uh, I agree. And then, what, what is it? Yeah, like, look in the fire, oh, he's... <clears throat> 
what happened to his fucking attitude? Can he find that in the fire? Because uh, he's just crying about these... Like, everyone murders people in this world. That's the thing. And he's like, my brother was <laughs> mad at me. He took my toys. Okay, he did burn my face. That's, that's kind of bad. But, but I mean, still. No, I agree. He's very much uh, like Mike on Better Call Saul, where, yeah. you know, the, the writers just kind of are in love with this character. And I, I mean, and he's clearly just around so we can finally have a showdown between um, him and the zombie or whatever. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was, I mean, that's the thing that everyone thought would happen would be trial by combat between the hound and uh, the mountain. All the pieces were on the board for that. And that's where I feel like that's that still feels like that could happen in the book, but they decided to go a different way in the show. Like that's... That's one of the divergent well, things that might be. Yeah, but I still think there's going to be a showdown because oh, yeah. otherwise, if because otherwise, it's like don't even have this character back because mm-hmm. it was already interesting enough. If like they built up the showdown and then he's just dead, so like, hi, you know, you don't get it. That would be fine with that. But then bringing him them both back, basically, yeah. it's like, all right, well, now that you've brought them both back, there better be some sort of showdown. And yeah, it this scene didn't do a lot for me. Um, because I, I'm, I'm always glazing out when these these dudes show up, like that. I know they're important, <laughs> yeah. But they're used so sporadic that it's it's almost like they show up so just to remind the audience, like, huh? Remember these guys? You mean the dudes remember without banners? That, yeah, yeah. Like, remember them? Well, the, you know, we're gonna get there. They're gonna be important soon. Don't worry. One of these days. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I would exchange all of those scenes for just one. Uh, now I forget. Yeah, one look at Gendry. What is Gendry up to? I'd exchange everything <laughs> oh, yes. for that. Uh, yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, I mean, we <laughs> haven't seen Gendry since what? what was that season three? Uh, yeah, season three, I think. Yeah, season three. That's right. And he got on a boat. And I mean, this has also been talked to death, but that whole sea battle we got, he should have been there in a rowboat because he's clearly been there for for years. So uh, <laughs> he can pick up Theon, and they'll be okay. <laughs> Oh, that's hell- oh no! If they actually do that, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that would be so <laughs> stupid. But yeah, I I don't believe it. Well, the, I just googled it real quick, and yeah, Nerdist will Game of Thrones bring back Gendry to save Theon? That would be so. I mean, <sighs> if he's on a boat, I mean, even if they say like, yeah, but living here in a hut uh, on an island, it's still no. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, but I do yeah. want him back. That's what I'm saying. Like, rather than the dudes without banners, uh, why why can't we get a bit of Gendry? Although I suppose maybe it would be, feel weird. Maybe it wouldn't feel as satisfying as I would hope after all those years. Too much buildup is a dangerous thing. Very true. Mm. So then we get the thousand ships, which is also, I'm sure, been talked to death. But this is can we just agree that this is impossible and move on? Or what do you think? Which what what's impossible? That Euron Greyjoy built a thousand ships since last season and has the biggest oh that's flotilla, right like yeah. biggest armada in the history like because no one else was like thinking of that no one else was uh, remembering I mean I get that their resource might have been fucked resources uh, may have been fucked at some point so maybe they weren't concentrated on building ships but the Greyjoys are essentially scoundrel pirates they're not I mean I guess they're good at being pirates but building a thousand ships that look amazing and they did it all since Theon escaped from Winterfell and it went there mm-hmm. and then they went off so I mean maybe it's been a year in showtime uh, I guess but it still 
feels like everything goes very easy for the antagonists in this show. Like, of course he has a thousand ships. How many? How much time did it take for Daenerys to get her ships together? Uh, oh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Well, I kind of put that in the realm of, like, how... Um, I, this is in the second episode, but when Jon Snow is talking about going to mine uh, Dragonglass, yeah. all I could think is, like, Ugh, how many episodes of mining are we going to have to watch? <laughs> yes. Like... <laughs> Because it just sounded like something that would take so long. It was almost like you don't have time even for that. The fucking White Walkers are on their way, bro. You're going to be down mining dragon glass to make weapons and then get them back up to Winterfell? You're out of your mind? Yeah. But uh, I assume it'll just be like... I mean, well, it either... Well, since it's Game of Thrones, something there'll be a monkey wrench in the system. But say something happens and they're doing that, it'll just be like, we did it! Yeah. <laughs> we mined the dragon glass. Well, they are moving at that sort of speed right now, so uh, very true. That yeah. feels like it could be, and also maybe they don't need to get up back to up to Winterfell. Maybe the White Walkers will come to you uh, if you're lucky. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, and I guess like that's why things like I know we're jumping around a bit, but that's why things like that long scene of Grey Worm. Oh yeah, like showing that his head game strong. Mm. Like it's, I, I I do think it's a nice scene, and it's like. Uh, uh, I, I guess romantic I <laughs> say I don't know it's kind of like love transcends like even though he doesn't have a dick he could still be the best dude but uh, it's weird like I, I get the scene but it just feels when you're in this like only short like seven episode season and we're barrel everything else is like barreling forth so fast it feels like such a weird time out uh, for a while to do this yeah. and then go back to things. Yeah, especially since uh, all the other characters are making the big decisions. So the, in their scenes, they kind of have to make those decisions and they don't have a lot of time to spend on them as characters. And maybe that's why we're feeling a bit lost and not feeling quite as satisfied as we could be. Uh, no pun intended. Consi considering <laughs> that whole scene that, I mean, they have built up their relationship a bit, but these are two characters who don't have any free will. They're two servants and they're the ones, mm. I mean, it makes sense then that they're not going to be the ones directing the armies and whatnot, but, but I don't know. It, it, even just... Like, every single scene is so packed with information now. Uh, it's so, like, reminding you of what was going on, trying to tell you what the situation is and what's going to happen, that we start to lose connection with the characters. And here we get a really long and kind of nice scene, even though I was kind of, like, them taking away... They had swelling music when they kissed, and then they took the music away completely to make it kind of awkward and real. And, I mean... It was fairly well put together, but it did feel out of place with all the other, like, fucking get the dragon glass quick, come on, let's go! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I'm not saying it was bad. Like, it was a well-put-together sequence, and it and it didn't feel as gratuitous as a lot of Game of Thrones, like, sexiness is. Yeah. And it was, like, yeah, like a sweet moment, but it just did feel weird, uh, like, in context of everything else. And, like you said, like, all this information and barreling towards, like, a like this climax, and then, uh, well, I guess there's another climax for you. Oh, there you go. Anyways, there you go. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> Head Game Strong. In uh, Head Game of Thrones. Uh, in episode <laughs> two, we get like 
15 scenes in a row where leaders are deciding what to do and where to move their armies and it feels more and more like house of cards uh with these scenes of like oh, lobbying and really deciding did. uh where to put what and what to do uh i i don't mind that i think it's kind of interesting um uh, but i guess they felt they needed to put in a huge action scene too just to, to balance it up yeah, yeah, I really like the uh, the Varus stuff at the beginning. Yeah, I've seen. I don't um, know. I, I felt like people were not loving it as much, but for me, that made sense. Uh, and uh, yeah, like the whole the whole scene. I mean, we do have some feedback that I'm going to get into in a second, but uh, one of them was from our friend Jonathan, who asked if uh, we thought Daenerys would be more likable if they cast a better actress. Uh, but I think she's pretty good. What do you think? I have seen a lot of discussion about her acting skills, and I guess I can kind of see it, and maybe it's only being amplified because you you can see her in other things now. Mm -hmm. So when you see her in other things and you realize she's not that great, then you start second-guessing her in Game of Thrones. But I feel like she's doing great stuff on Game of Thrones, like, whatever her style is i think it works uh and i think they're purposely making her a little bit more unlikable so i don't think it's necessarily her skills it's just now that she's a leader she has to be you know gruff and tough to everybody yeah and kind of like sansa for a lot of seasons she was resigned to be the character who just her acting means looking at things uh looking at other people doing stuff and trying to have expressive eyes that was her whole thing of like blankness and now she's actually acting and maybe it's like part of it is the frustration of waiting so long and wanting to get somewhere and all of that stuff building into it but either way i like that scene with Varys, like you said yeah no because i and it felt like like it didn't feel as cl- as some of the other scenes in this episode where they're either referencing things from the past or having kind of these first meetups or potential of meetups, this felt like it had weight to it. And I mean, given you could believe or not believe Varys, I believe there's, I don't believe the full truth of what he's saying, like for the people, that he's the people's champ, but uh, I do think there's an element of it there. And it just felt like it had that weight. And like they were bringing up how, you know, when she was going to be killed and. I don't know. It all made sense, and I thought it was handled really well. I liked the, I liked the scene they had. Yeah, and uh, that's also what I wish would happen with uh, Littlefinger, that at someone at some point would say, hey, wait a minute, uh, aren't you the person who murdered our dad? Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I yeah. guess they don't know that, but hey, they, you didn't do one of those scenes where you underlined that they didn't know that, so I just assume at this point that, hey, it's Littlefinger. He's a scamp. He'll do what he does, but hey, he came at the <laughs> Battle of the Bastards uh, it, it, the most logical battle that has ever happened, and it made perfect sense. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but whatever that whole battle was not completely logical to me. Everything that went down, like with Sansa again acting for the plot rather than for herself and saying, like, "Oh yeah, let's not tell them that we're getting massive reinforcements. Let's like let oh, everyone yeah. fucking die before that." Even if she's not sure, if even if she just said, "Hey." If we just wait maybe like seriously like 12 hours, this might be totally different. <laughs> but no, she didn't. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But hey, there you go. People are acting the way they need to sometimes. And uh, hey, it was a great episode still anyway. I got a little bit into it. Yeah, there you go. It was a great episode. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Mm. 
So yeah, we have Melisandre arriving and telling about the prophecy. We already talked about that. And um and we have Cersei as well trying to consolidate her power. It was kind of <laughs> nice to see the what are they called? The Tarleys? because uh, Sam's Sam's dad and brother Dickon. Oh yes. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> did they did they write that intending to make us laugh? Because it made me laugh. Well, they were like, "What's yeah, your I, name?" I mean, Rick Rickster, and he's like Dickon, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's such a twat. So your name couldn't be Dickon. And I'm like, Sam would have been such a better heir if you just had a bit of patience, you old bastard. Uh, but anyway, those scenes are also were also pretty nice to me. They're they're like convincing these people to to work for them, and obviously Cersei's kind of a a, a mad queen parallel at this point having like the mad maester next to her and her his evil creation next to him uh well yeah i i liked her manipulation and yeah i liked her her um portraying danny as the mad queen when cersei's the mad i i liked all that what i uh and 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 in a way like some of the stuff she's saying was true but it was just twisted in a way like Mm -hmm. for it to come off a certain way but uh, what I didn't like, I didn't like that, because, yeah, her uh, maester is like, hoo-hoo, we have a plan. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. like, he's going to have, like, uh, you know, zombie bombs or some weird crazy thing. And it's like, nah, it's a big bow and arrow. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? We can shoot dragons with it. It's like, you know, dragons can be killed as we walk apo- uh, uh, across, uh, you know, a dragon cemetery of many dead dragons. <laughs> yes. Um, and everyone's like, what? They could be killed? It's like, yeah, I just made this big bow and arrow. Go ahead, shoot it. Isn't that cool? I just expected it to be something more mystical or like underhanded or uh, epic, I guess. I don't know. It just it didn't really come together for me. Well, I think it's because like the technology level or of Game of Thrones is kind of like we just assume stuff. So if they say like, uh we could have done this all along. We're like, yeah, like we don't know what the technology level is with the weapons. So that's a bigger bow and arrow as far as we're concerned. Even if it's like, wow, so revolutionary for us, it's just a big fucking bow and arrow. Well, so, but, yeah. but also it didn't make sense to me is how did those other dragons die then? Just old age. They just went down there and like laid there and died. I, I think so. I don't really remember, but you know, magic was vanishing from the world. And I think probably the dragons were, vanishing along with it because like the dragon eggs all turned to stone and there wasn't any wizardry going on and it was only when the white walkers started waking up that magic was also waking up in the world so the people doing spells and shit now like melisandre was doing that magic hokey stuff for years and years and years and none of it worked and then suddenly it started working then she had a she had a shadow baby and killed someone with it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so shouldn't she have been so surprised that she had a shadow baby then as well oh but i I mean it was yeah she should (laughs) i guess maybe before uh i mean magic started coming back a bit earlier i guess but uh yeah i mean that's then shouldn't these dragons just come alive then the skulls the small yeah. ones? Uh, well, I, I don't think it was literal like that. I think they died of old age or, or something like that. Cause, or no, yeah. yeah, they were like inbred and shit, and there weren't a lot of them left, and they started getting smaller and smaller when new ones were born, and it's been like hundreds of years. I guess, and so on. Well, but, I guess yeah. either way, like even without that, it's, so it's just, I guess then we are to assume that no one has ever killed a dragon before. Mm-hmm. 
which I think isn't true as far as the lore. I think they have, but now it's like, oh, we can do it with new technology even easier. And basically, this is all me just agreeing with you. It's just a fucking no. I feel arrow. no. I feel you because I would like, but I would like to know, like, I, what you're saying is interesting. I mean, I'm fine with there being maybe something I've missed and uh, their own explanation. Uh, the only other thing is, I, I don't know how true this is. Someone else mentioned it that they had big bone arrows like that like at the wall yeah i saw that too which uh that's the thing that's what i i i feel about the technology level it's kind of arbitrary what they can and can't do so if uh, they, maybe they if just they, didn't have them at king's landing i guess <laughs> well i guess but if they just say <laughs> we have a bow that can kill dragons and i'm like okay but if they said that in season one i guess like i would have believed it then too uh True. so i i don't really know Oh, uh, if it's revolutionary or not. That's why we expect something a bit fancier. But I guess if the, it, I assume they're going to have like a hundred of those, not just one. Or what do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, even though I didn't love the scene and the, it just felt like they were adding weight to something that had no weight. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fine with it being a big bow and arrow. I guess it's kind of what you're saying as well. Like I don't care that what the weapon is. It just felt like when they showed that maester and I'm like, Oh, that's the weird guy that does crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. I just expected it to be like maybe a, you know, some weird thing. Um, and I know it's foreshadowing like one of the dragons probably being killed. And I will probably be really sad about that because it's like a pet or something like, so I know it's, there's going to be like something that's going to really bum me out. Cause that stupid guy's going to be using his big bow and arrow and kill one of the dragons. I'm going to be so bummed. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I was so bummed when they got locked up and they, want, they just didn't want to be locked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is is warging a thing on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Jon Snow has traveled into his wolf at times, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if Jon... Has Jon Snow... I mean, I know uh, Bran has does it all right? the time, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things, or this isn't really, no, it's not a spoiler because it's all speculation. But I mean, one of the things we've been waiting for, book wise, is it's been talk of like the three heads of the dragons. Who the, do the dragons represent, and who potentially could warg into them and ride these oh, dragons? Yeah. And that's uh-huh. why it would also be a kind of a bummer if one of them just got shot in the fucking head. <laughs> uh, but I've been like. That was Jon Snow's white dragon. Oh no! <laughs> did did his direwolf? Did Ghost die? Yeah, I don't know if Ghost died. I think people were talking about that. That uh, that Ghost is still out there somewhere, but I don't remember honestly. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I I assumed at some point. I think I assumed that you know Ghost dies and then he's gonna get a white dragon instead. But hey, that could also literally have been a fan fiction I read. There are some good ones <laughs> for Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Ballista. Then we get the hot pie scene, uh, which I you you like the scene. I honestly was like. It felt a bit disjointed that she, that she was like, of course she's meeting hot pie and she doesn't care and she's just eating a pie. Uh, it, it felt I, just a uh, bit well, abruptly like the start I was, of the scene. I liked it when I because I watched the episode a second time because when I first watched it, I kind of didn't really like the episode at all. Yep. And then I watched it again. And I was like, all right, I'm being a little too harsh. And I guess I kind of noticed it more that Arya was just, you know, she's this assassin now so she doesn't give a fuck about anything mm-hmm. and she's barely paying attention to him she just kind of has this weird like stare off into the distance and she's like "Ooh, food beer and uh mm-hmm. and it isn't till he mentions winterfell and john 
and stuff like that that she kind of shows more of a regular aria and so i liked how that played out and then it's i mean of course she ends up going to winterfell but I, I liked how they played that out and built it up. Uh, real quick to cut back, someone uh, on uh, winterscoming.net says Game of Thrones cut a scene featuring John and Ghost from Stormborn. Mm, okay, I guess. So I guess he's still alive out there. I don't know why I assumed he died. I honestly probably I th- I was thought thinking so too. I probably was thinking of the giant who died in the tunnel or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that was Ghost, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like the, all his friends at the wall who died. Oh man, good times. Um, so oh yeah, yeah, and actually we saw him in season six in Home when he raised his head off the ground right when John was brought back to life. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Where was he? In I the think Battle I was just of the bastards. Yeah, god damn it, he was just chilling. Mm, probably. So uh, yeah, he, she goes to Winterfell, and then we get a bit later that scene where she meets Nymeria, which was also like, oh my god, oh my god, I've been waiting for this for so fucking episode three or whatever, or episode two since since they parted <laughs> ways. She's finally meeting Nymeria, and it felt like fan service at least up until the point where the wolf is like, I don't know you, and like walks off, and then it was kind of... I kind of like the scene after that, and I really did think that was going to be after that she heads south again because she starts oh, going yeah. north, and then the turning point is she meets Nymeria, she meets her old life, and doesn't recognize it, and it doesn't recognize her. What does she say at the end? That's not me, or that's not you? That's not you. Yeah, but is she talking to herself and saying, like, I'm not like I, I'm well, not that person anymore or yeah, is she honestly, looking at the wolf and seeing like you've become something different as have I I'm not sure yeah I didn't really get it at all and then I watched um, on HBO Go they have like a where the writers talk about the episode mm-hmm. and it's a callback to when Ned Stark is talking about like how talking to young Arya about like you know you're gonna be uh, uh, like you're gonna wear fine dresses and go to these ceremonies and not like kind of what Sansa would do. Right. And she's and, like, but then, no, and then Ned's like, well, that's not you. So, and they're like, and that's Arya realizing that that's like, you know, her dire wolf is also not like into servitude and all that. All right. But what you're saying makes sense. Cause it, it should also serve as a thing of like, yeah, I don't need to go home or whatever, mm. but yeah, they didn't really put that across that she, that she decided to go South. Right. Yeah. No, I, I I assume she's still going north then, because I thought she would like pass by the inn again, going the other way or something. And they, since mm-hmm. she didn't do that, I have to assume she's still going north. If she's in King's Landing next episode, I'm going to be annoyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they just, like, you should, now that you get it, <laughs> didn't you get what she said? <laughs> now that you bring it up, I remember that with the with the detail that it, she was the one who said that, not Ned. She was saying, "No, that's not me." And then she walked off to catch. Oh cats. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. She said it. Uh, so we have, uh, yeah, w- Winterfell where Sam's getting all these letters. He's everyone's favorite pen pal, uh, about the <laughs> dragon glass and then immediately gets an invitation to go to Dragonstone. And that's kind of been one of those things that's, uh, well, I mean, since the, some of the pieces coming together are coming together too, obviously kind of. Uh, I also feel this about Euron saying, I'm going to bring you a gift and I won't return until I have it. And maybe that like would also happen in the book, but it feels like in the book, a character would say that and then go off screen and die. And in the TV <laughs> show, when he says that, 
that like the, that's guarantees that he's going to survive. Yeah. yeah, he's going to survive and it's going to happen in the next episode and he's he's basically immortal now because he said that that he's not gonna, he's going to return with a gift because it's so important what characters say as far as what we're going to remember and like how plot lines are going to connect and there's so much focus on that that when they say like Dragonstone why why that's uh that's the place with the dragon glass isn't it and like over where could that be and then they show a place with huge dragon heads and and Daenerys is there like we've been here at Dragonstone for 5 months and then like <laughs> who's this Jon Snow fellow and we know since like a long time ago that they're going to come together like that so Anyway, yeah, we have another scene with Sansa undermining him, and then she, he heads off after choking Littlefinger. Yeah, because it's done really weird, because, it, yeah, you're right. At the beginning of the episode, they're, like, talking to Daenerys, and they're like, send a raven, tell him to come meet. And then in the next scene, Jon Snow's reading the letter, and it, it, it like, I mean, I guess, but it, it felt, like, so immediate um and then but then they're like and then a few days later he gets his letter from uh sam you know about the the dragon glass so it, it it you know it just feels weird and then plus he's like uh uh what every halfling is a bastard or whatever like remember huh huh <laughs> don't you remember that's kind of like the show is doing that to us as well like sure huh? remember yeah. this part well, and then like because there's that scene when they're kind of planning, mapping out their battle strategy with like uh, Tyrion and mm-hmm. Daenerys and all that. And then there's like, they have a small cop out because what, Ilaria killed uh, Tyrion's niece. Like she poisoned her, right? Yeah, yep. And there's like a, I mean, I guess there's, I, I understand there's not time to have this drawn out thing, but he's just kind of like, she was innocent. And it's like, she was a Lannister. And they're like, all right, well, let's do this battle now. <laughs> it felt like a weird cop out because when they're doing all these things, bringing up the past, that felt like something maybe a little bit more ripe for some more, uh, you know, tension. But, mm-hmm. you know, I get, I get that's not really what they're here for. But then it's also like what Marjorie's grandmother has to bring up Marjorie so you, like, remember who she is. Because she just says this, like, Daenerys, you know what? You're beautiful. You know who else was beautiful? My Marjorie was beautiful, and people loved her and all that. And then, uh, and then I guess even in a way with, like, Ilaria, like, to bring up, like, the, the Dornish and how they killed Hate the Lannisters, like, it's a weird... It's just used more as a callback than it is actual tension mm-hmm. with Tyrion. And then, uh, like, they do that other scene, like, it's, it's a nice, they have some nice dialogue with uh, Marjorie's grandmother where she's like, he's a clever man, but I know a lot of clever men and I live them. Like, I like the dialogue, but it makes no sense in the moment because right before that, she had a bad plan that was like, let's just go into King's Landing and take it over. And then Tyrion has, like, kind of a good plan. But then she's like, nah, don't listen to good plans. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. So this whole like this whole sequence didn't work for me. It all felt like a mess and just an, an opportunity for weird callbacks and then just weird, like, I don't know, empowerment. Well, I, I didn't feel the same way about Alana uh, and all of that because for me, it, it it is kind of legitimate because she does have these dragons. And yeah, we know they have, you know, a ballista and all that now. And so, you know, we have to be afraid of that. But Basically, she's gathered like eight different armies at this point, and she's finally in Winterfell, and we're kind of like, 
uh, or like we've been waiting for her to uh, did I say Winterfell? I meant Westeros. She's in Westeros, yes. and she's gonna head in and like she could go in and kick some ass if she wanted to. And that's True. what Tyrion's advising against. Like be be clever about this. You want to appease these lords and do this and that. But uh, looking at the history, as uh, Alana uh, I think brings up that. Uh, Aegon, the Conqueror, the original Targaryen, just came over with three fully grown dragons and took over the Seven Kingdoms, which were all separate kingdoms at that point. She just went around and conquered them all, or he did, and with his sisters and made it an empire. And that's kind of what she's saying. Like, stop fucking around. You don't have to play by their rules because you have, like, all the strength right now. But she is following Tyrion's advice. So, so I do kind of see both sides of that argument in a way, because she could go in and just roast King's Landing, I feel. Uh, but yeah, tens of thousands of well, people would die. Yeah, and I well, and I think the Tyrion's line, and I mean, she reuses it, so I guess in the same way that it sold her, it sold me, of how, like, you don't want to be just Queen of the Ash. Because it's like, Cersei already blew up, like, a bunch of King's Landing anyway, so it's yeah. like, you're just going to go in and knock everything else down? Yeah. I guess... I guess there's, I guess I see what you're saying as well, though, where it's like, yeah, who cares? We'll just rebuild it. We have slaves. We have slaves and Unsullied. We can make them fucking rebuild it. They're not slaves, uh, technically. They're just under the capitalist regime of Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> Very <Trademark>. true. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess, yeah, thinking about it now does make sense. It just felt, uh, maybe it's just the the man in me. I was like, yeah, Tyrion's right. He's a genius. <laughs> this is great. Well, Listen Tyr- to him. Tyrion's wrong because the fucking they don't clearly. Uh, I don't know what if Varys is doing his job, but if they built a thousand ships and no one noticed, uh, oh, no yeah. one told Varys. Like what happened to all his little birds? That they all True. drown? That they get hit by those fire catapults? <laughs> which I also assume is like a new technological invention, considering how dangerous that is when they come in with fire on the sea there at the end. Uh, uh. That's why. That's why I think Elena has a point because right after they make that brilliant plan, like the whole their whole fleet is attacked by a bigger fleet because it's the biggest in the fucking world and uh, that plan doesn't work anymore now so time for dragons maybe that's true but also to be fair the plan hadn't started yet they were going to get the army or whatever yeah but that was part of a plan surely kind of but it was more like hey let's get your army like he wasn't concerned with that part he's like let's get your army however you see fit and then we're going to go ahead and take King's Landing. And then they couldn't even, they couldn't even do that. That's they couldn't true. even get the fucking army. God damn it. That's true. Am I supposed to do everything around here? When you look at the geography, like on a map, and they've been shown a lot of maps, it's kind of crazy how close Dragonstone and King's Landing are. They're like yeah, right next to each other. And so it's not crazy that those uh, ships ran into each other, I guess. Even if the whole scene didn't feel very good to me. How did you feel about the big sea battle that ends episode two? Yeah, I guess the big thing with like, rewatching it, I liked it more than when I first watched it. But I guess the big thing is I don't really like any of these people, uh, yeah. so I didn't really give a shit because uh, I I don't really like the what are they the Ironborn or whatever the Greyjoys. Yeah, I don't love them. And then they had the corny ass like, uh, "What are you doing over there?" Well, a foreign invasion is happening. Like, 
It just, uh, I was like, all right, here we go. They did a good we job of doing the opposite of what Game of Thrones can usually do, which is, or like the opposite of what Joss Whedon does, where like you, you start to really, really feel for a character and then they die. And now they really, really made me want to ram into that ship and like kill everyone on it. <laughs> so that's confusing for me because I guess I'm on, uh, you're on side now because uh, that's exactly well, what he does. Yeah, because they did these, like the, the scenes to kind of, build up before the 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 big battle where yeah making them annoying like they had the annoying you know foreign invasion and then they had what are they called the sand snakes yes and they're going mama mama like being all annoying (laughs) and you're like all right someone stab them and choke one yes and that is a good part to point to bring in uh, another piece of feedback from uh, jonathan who said that he's probably the only one who didn't like that the sand snakes died like that because uh as he said uh he knows that the tv viewers dislike these characters in general but i didn't know that i I read an article after the fact and saw like that people were saying that they killed them off because probably because the audience didn't like them i wasn't aware that was a thing yeah but did you uh, like what did you feel about them then yeah that's true it's not that i dislike them but i also didn't really like them either so it didn't matter to me yeah and but a lot of people actively dislike them and i honestly didn't either even though like the only bad part or the well not the only bad part but the worst part about the whole doran storyline that happened that particular season where they were in it was that they had one good character who knew what he was doing and then he just got i don't know poisoned in a way that felt kind of deus ex machina or something like that where like it was like okay finally things can start making sense that it's just been like a, a hilarious Benny Hill of running back and forth and poisoning each other all season and then at the end like the one character who had any sense also died so mm. that's why yeah you don't really care about those characters Jonathan was saying he would have preferred if they made people change their mind before they died and now it felt almost like fan service to just choke him up yeah, I guess I didn't not knowing that initially, uh, because, yeah, I, I read a similar thing. I was just reading some articles on uh, like feedback and uh, there was another one breaking down that it it's kind of saying the same thing, that it was a weird fan service of like, well, here you go. You don't like them. Or we're going to kill them in like kind of in a gleeful way, yeah. like to show. But I didn't pick up on it. But rewatching it, I could I could see it. I understand the argument. I don't know how true that is, but I could totally see that point of view. Yeah, and the only reason I felt like uh, it's okay is that they have so few episodes, so I would be even more annoyed if they spent more time on these characters to like make them likable and then kill them in a random way. Like, may as well get it over with as far as I'm concerned. But Yeah, uh- in, and in a, in a weird way, they tried to make them like stronger because, or in a, who's the Greyjoy that, is it Eon? that like comes comes in and kills them who's the euron euron or euron i'm sorry so yeah because it's like they they they, they had to make these sand things so strong that euron had to be like invincible like it almost looked like he took an arrow to the neck at one point i guess it wasn't an arrow it was like a whip or something yeah but they were making him get like stabbed and fucked up but just so he could then kill them so it was just a weird it was almost like they forgot they wanted to make them likable before having them die so like oh shit make them really tough yeah yeah, and I mean, that's the thing about, that always kind of uh, 
annoyed me a little bit about Ramsey Bolton that like not that he was evil and that he was b- doing bad stuff but that he had like all this protection from the writers so that he could do whatever he wanted and things would always go his way until it was his time to die because he was the antagonist so things will go easy for him well and that's one thing that hasn't worked for me on this show since Joffrey and it feels like they go through these motions of trying to make a new Joffrey and they even said I don't know if it was at Comic Con or in some sort of press before this season they were like you thought uh, Ramsey Bolton was bad. Wait till you see what Euron does. And it's kind of like, it bores me. I don't care because none of these guys are hateable as Joffrey was to me. No. So it's not, and it's just weird pales in comparison. Like it was great when Bolton finally got his, you know, comeuppance, but I was never, I don't know. It didn't hit me the same way. And then this just seems like even another like copy of a copy. Like let's make this other guy and make him so tough and, and, uh, you know, like impossible to kill so we can finally kill him in a finale. Yeah. Uh, very, kind of very similar to like what Walking Dead does. I, don't, I know you don't really watch that show, but they it's like a similar thing. They have to keep building these guys up in like a cheat type of way mm-hmm. to make them badass. I mean, maybe there'll be more um, down the line. But yeah, this didn't really work for me and make it seem like, ah, we got to get him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, as far as like the the Greyjoys, it it feels like he somehow not only came in and was utter, utterly badass there, but also like has control over the Ironborn completely, simply because there aren't any other characters around there. Because every other power <laughs> structure and situation, there's always someone trying to stab you in the back, and there it's kind of like, well, all the characters are gone, so I guess I'm the leader. And uh, hey, if I tell you to build a thousand ships. Uh, it's just going to happen just like that. Yeah, you're um, going to build them. And I mean, that's I, something Jonathan brought up too, uh, that the TV show has a tendency to kill all but one named character in each location so that each location kind of gets one character to represent them, which is so at odds with the books and so like making things kind of unnuanced when when the sing- when the single character that is the only representation of the Greyjoys, I mean, I know we have the other Greyjoys, but the of the Iron Islands, we only have that one character come into King's Land and talk so so it's not going to be like a, a very three-dimensional thing anymore with the wildlings there's only Tor- Tormund left because all the other ones are dead he's the only one who's a character of them and all the others are just kind of extras in furs uh same at Castle Black of course we only have Ed who is the the one uh the one night watcher left who's also the commander now and Elena is the yeah. only Tyrell and Edmir is the only Tully not that we've seen him for a while and uh what else yeah Aaron only has Robin although we haven't seen him either but yeah it feels like that kind of they kind of like to boil things down by uh, killing a lot of people and then it's hard to make and then like when those characters are bouncing off each other it's like not gonna feel as nuanced I think now yeah I've I've thought like a similar I've had like a similar critique of the show like because it's it's amazing you know how in the past they would kill a lot of characters off but then you are then stuck with like, all right, well now who, who do we care about? <laughs> yeah. Do we care about anyone anymore? Yeah. So it's definitely a tough line to go on. Uh, and, and going back as far as like who, the villains on the show, like who you really hate. I've always been team. I hate Cersei and Jamie Lannister, no matter what. Right. Even though they've turned into these like kind of fan favorites because, 
you know, when we saw Jamie get his hand cut off and all that, I was the whole time I was like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lannister. I hate you. Piece of shit. <laughs> like, I never turned on that where, like, people kind of dig them and root for them now. Or even with Cersei when, you know, she had her shame walk and all that. I was like, good. This is what you get. I hate you, Cersei Lannister. Piece of shit. Right. So, but that's just me. That's how I look at it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so the whole the whole fight. Um, yeah, I think we kind of covered it, right? The- yeah, yeah, and it was just. I mean, you know, there's that big moment with uh, Theon, uh, Yeah, where you know he 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 runs away and uh, quite I mean, sensibly, I think. Yeah, it, it, in a weird way, it's kind of like it, it does play into like his whole PTSD or his Reek character. Yeah. But then it also, in a weird way, just makes sense because he would have just been murdered and fucking easily taken down. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting thing to put on the show, like, you know, have a coward character, and but it's like the right thing to do. So I kind of like where that's about, and especially since he's going to get picked up by Gendry in his, in his yeah. canoe. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you think we're... Well, the, the, go ahead. Well, I was going to... Sorry, the only other thing I was just like... I get that he jumped off board, but does that mean they wouldn't still just kill him? Like, I don't know. That's the only thing I didn't quite get. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing, I mean, this is a nitpicky detail, but how the fuck do you fight in the dark with those ships and, like, everyone's ironborn, everyone has squids on their sails and on their armor. <laughs> like, true, how yeah. do you even know who the enemy is? <laughs> so I would assume that he might be able to get away on that just because they kind of rammed in and oh yeah so yeah there's a lot of gotta be a lot of confusion going on a lot of people killing people who are on their side and you know euron's the type of guy who wouldn't give a fuck so i guess that's how it goes yeah yeah i mean uh they they really they really had that guy like ham up his craziness where he's just kind of like i'm the guy it's me the villain and I don't know. I guess it's a nice shortcut. It's because he was kind of like sil- silly a little bit in the first episode. Uh, I mean, I guess not silly, but, you know, you didn't take him serious. He's just kind of like, but but Cersei, I'll bring you gifts. It's me, the guy with the ships. And now they're like, we need to show this guy be mean. Can you make a raw face? Yeah. Make a raw face. <laughs> And take an arrow to the neck and not even matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we also got some feedback from Anders from Sweden. Uh, oh, nice. Who, I mean, he, he was asking, it's saying that it's hard to understand how someone can still be loyal to the Lannister Queen Cersei. Like, fear and all that is one <laughs> thing, but uh, <laughs> but not enough. I mean, the only reason I would accept that is, like, she's literally... <laughs> she's the only named character left so who, who else are they gonna follow she's the only uh, non-extra uh and she has like this uh like terror like hand of terror grasping the whole capital as far as i'm concerned so uh what do you think yeah i think i think that's a good point but also yeah i i, I still do understand in the context of the show it does make sense that she would still hold power but i think it is a good point because she's like i mean she blew up everyone like uh like everyone yeah but i guess i guess there's something to be said for just fear and then i mean i did like that scene when she's even manipulating it you could see that the numbers weren't there anymore yeah yeah like because it didn't look like this great grand hall like you've seen in the past at king's landing with all these soldiers it was just kind of like a smattering yeah so i think they are trying to get it across that yeah she has powers and she has power in king's landing but it doesn't extend much from there. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I mean, I guess they do outright say that she doesn't, she has half the kingdoms on her side. So it's like, she is just pretty much ripe for the taken. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He also brought up the, uh, the ballista thing saying that like, whoever tried to defeat dragons before probably would have thought about that and tried that and presumably failed. Uh, and he said, there's gotta be a difference between a cranium and a living dragon, uh, which I agree with. Don't they have exoskeletons or no no they don't just hard scales i guess uh i guess yeah well i mean he did bring up that 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 there was that one that was hurt mm -hmm. that marine so hey if something can be hurt it can be killed i mean basically just take their wings out keep them from flying yeah true and he also did mention that hey i guess uh the Greyjoys can now send huge balls of fire from their ships so uh you know they, they could try that with the uh with the dragons why not but Hell, we could try that with the White Walkers. Let's get the Greyjoys over there. They're on. They're onto something with these big balls of fire. Remember that dumb scene when the guy's like, "You know, you said fire kills White Walkers. You know what shoots fire?" And then they're like, "Dragons! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I never Holy thought sh- of it." <laughs> they should have said, "You know what shoots dragon? The Iron Fleet. Let's get them up here. They're gonna take care of the zombies. That's an alliance I've been waiting to see." <laughs> Uh, and well, and that's the other thing, and I know it's kind of my fault, is I'm way more interested in the White Walker stuff than the, uh, Iron Throne. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, I get why the Iron Throne's important, and that's kind of, like, the point of this show is that everyone's squabbling when they should be coming together for the real threat. Yeah. But it's also like, come on, let's fucking fight these white white walkers already. Yeah, because I I couldn't believe it when I realized how long ago it was the hard home the episode where we were there seeing the uh, yeah they keep saying like the army of the dead they said it like a hundred times so we know what they're called now uh, mm. yeah their their army we saw them at, and the the night king uh, at at Hardhome, and that was like season five, and then it was all of season six, and the only reason that made sense was uh, Ramsey Bolton had Winterfell, and yeah. uh, Jon Snow taking it made sense, and now it's kind of, I am on your side, like, let's get over, let's get over this, uh, and let's go fight Well, him. it kind of feels like, because what, I don't know if they've fully confirmed yet that the last season is also seven episodes, but they've said this season seven episodes, yeah, right? yeah. So it feels like they would almost like by the end of this season they should have they should have pretty much wrapped up this whole Iron Throne thing, right? Uh, or at least like they're in the middle of still squabbling, and then the wall comes down or something like that. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, like it has to. It feels like it has to get to the point where next season has to all be about you know because everyone's saying winter is coming, but I always thought winter meant like oh the fucking the 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 the, the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> The zombies are coming. Yeah. Uh, so it feels like, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it has to get to the point where everyone has to be focusing on that. Not so much that it's like all peace and love and everyone loves each other, but everyone is finally fully aware of the the real threat that's on its way. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, they do a good job of bringing that up when Jon Snow is like, none of you have seen this shit. Like, none of you know what's actually going on. Jon Snow is the only character who's on our level as far as knowing what's happening. I mean, he hasn't seen Marine, but who gives a fuck about Marine? <laughs> he has seen the White Walkers and all of that shit. I mean, Bran has too. He, 
uh, he's a whole other story that I hope we get into next week. But but uh, yeah, Jon Snow's the only one. Even the Lords of the North, to them, they're still like fairy tales. Like they care mm. more about Boltons and like, oh, we have to stop Cersei and like the King in the North can't go south. Like, what are you talking about? The King in the North can't go south. The whole North <laughs> is about to fall. Like the wall is going down any second, presumably. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess we have to finish up here in a second. I did want to throw a question at you that Jonathan also brought up. What do you think Littlefinger's plan is right now? Because it feels to me that he kind of does whatever is appropriate for the plot. Um, Jonathan, however, said that he ought to realize that now that this whole Mary Sansa plan is not going to work out. Uh, and like, has he lost some of his intelligence um, maybe it's like they've been so plain about showing that Sansa is his weakness that he's like stupid now or like what's going on? Well, it feels like what's going to happen is now that once Jon Snow leaves, he's going to be back manipulating Sansa. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be manipulating to like a wedding, but he's probably going to do something to make her fuck things up. Yeah, because it feels like that's the only reason why he's there. And then even like rewatching the second episode when Jon Snow like decides like when he tells her like she's going to leave her in charge, it does cut to him and he's just kind of like has a, has his dumb smirk that he always has. Yes. So uh, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat predictable, but it feels like that's where things would like that's the only reason why he's there. Yeah. Is that he's going to be there to throw some more monkey wrenches into the system, especially with Jon Snow not there to choke him out. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, For me, uh, like the whole scene with the last part with Sansa and Jon and everything was kind of like, we were seeing her little fingerish side already because he's kind of like, I have to go south. And she's like, no, that's impossible. It's so stupid. And everyone's saying how stupid it is. And he's like, I'm going to leave it. Uh, you're gonna be queen until I'm back and she's like see you later bro you know I hope it goes (laughs) well and then (laughs) and that's when Littlefinger looks at her like "Eh, see now you're gonna be queen and she's kinda like not fighting as hard anymore hey hey, the south's a dangerous place you never know what could happen brother anyway good luck (laughs) yeah yeah very true yeah, she immediately just shuts up and sits down. She's like, well, because he's like, I'm going to leave. The The North will be in good hands. She's like, who? Who? Who would lead this? Pl- who would be in good hands? You. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, That's a good point, actually. That. I didn't. That's actually, uh, you know what? I think you should. Let's uh, get your old horse packed up and uh, <laughs> no time like the present to leave. <laughs> no need for guards, I feel. Uh, that would be rude to the queen. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Jonathan did say that the writers have been kind of over clear with their, like, showing that Sansa is a weakness to, to Littlefinger. So, he says, uh, it should be appropriate if Littlefinger kills Sansa. And he said that's his prediction. I feel it's more appropriate, like, it should go the other way, but what do you think? Yeah, I think she'll end up killing him. I fucking hope so. Anything, she should have done but... it. She should have had Brienne kill kill him in in the shed. Yeah, there's been so many scenes where if someone would have just killed Littlefinger, everything would have been all right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the White Walkers would just go away if someone would stab that motherfucker in the throat. Uh, but that's just my theory. But I think they're gonna tease it a bit, and um, I think Sansa's gonna uh, alienate herself a bit under his kind of you know manipulation or direction yeah until she realizes it and 
gives him his what for. Yeah, that makes sense. It's going to be interesting to see how Bran and Arya also affect that whole equation. They are supposedly heading to Winterfell, uh, both mm-hmm. of them. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, any final thoughts or uh, how do you feel more or less excited than when we started talking? I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm. I, it, it always gets me more excited when we get to kind of talk some stuff out and I get to look at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still a little down on this second episode, but I mean, even like I said at the start, I can't be too mad at a show on the second episode of a season. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes and like, Dude, it's going to be over so fast because Game of Thrones in general with the 10 episodes flies by, now three less. Like, holy shit. God, yeah. Oh, well, we are looking forward to covering it together with you all. And if you want to send in information and thoughts and theories, just like uh, our other friends this episode, please do email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com or just leave it in a comment wherever you're watching or listening to this episode, whether it be YouTube or showswhatyouknow.com or iTunes. I guess you can't really leave a comment there, but you can leave a review and we'd very much appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And you could you could find some more of Jacob at awesomepedia.org podcasts, music, uh, uh, videos, all kinds of great stuff. And you can also find more from me at jimandthem.com. Very true. Uh, We'll see you next time, everybody.